Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Daily Red podcast, a podcast that showcases topics not covered by mainstream media. My name is Bianca Wiley and today I am joined by Mandy Tapp and Midget Fisher, two contestants of the Dancing CEOs 2022 event. The Dancing CEOs event took place on the 21st of May this year at the Brisbane City Hall and raised money to prevent domestic violence through the Women's Legal Service Queensland. My name is Mandy Tapp. I'm um, the head of direct sales at Nova 1069 uh, radio station. Oh, fantastic. So why did you embrace the opportunity to participate in the Dancing CEOs event this year? Yeah. Um, so the decision was um, 10 months ago, actually. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. It was around July last year that um, a client of ours at the radio station had participated last year. And she was sharing the video with me. And I just thought that looked like a heap of fun. <laughs> um, slash really scary. Um, she then said, obviously, it was affiliated to Women's Legal. And so I was intrigued. And I've always had um, a bit of a, like, I guess, an interest in doing something out of my comfort zone. And obviously, to tag on a charity to that was just fantastic. So... I started to look into it in the July and then before I knew it I was signed up which was really um, scary and there was a couple of moments there I was like what have I done but um, one of the motivators was I used to dance when I was younger when I lived in the UK and another was obviously the charity element and to just mm. do something that could uh, give back. And you Mitchell? My name is Fisher and I run my own leadership practice and uh, recently founded an organization called the Legal Leadership Project. I got to see uh, two colleagues of mine the year before. So uh, Jamie Shine, who is a partner of Shine Lawyers and my good friend, Carolee Fontanelli, who owns Collective Family Law Practice. Uh, both of them were dancing CEOs. Uh, and particularly with Carolee, I was a part of some of her fundraising events that she had on the Gold Coast. And I was at Dancing CEOs the year before uh, <laughs> as you know, a guest, right? And I was sitting there and I thought, you know what? I think this is, this is something I could do. This is like really out of the comfort zone, something different. And so certainly I was inspired uh, by my colleagues who did it the year before me. That's fabulous. No, it was such great fun to watch and you definitely would be inspired to participate after watching everyone else have such a great time on stage. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm a dancer from way back, so I was and I'm a keynote speaker, so I quite love, I quite enjoy the stage. So I was like, oh my goodness, I can do this. <laughs> for sure. So with the event, obviously it's a fundraiser for the Women's Legal Service. So how did you decide on your goals for fundraising and of course the dancing side as well? As a CEO, a participating CEO, you are given a target of $30,000 to reach, um, which is a big sum of money. But, yeah. you know, luckily signing up so far in advance, you can do a bit of a plan. It enables you to do that. And there was one, there were multiple spreadsheets um, as to how I was gonna get there. Um, so my goal was to reach my 30. That was always the goal. Um, and if I went beyond that, obviously I would be thrilled. Um, so that was the fundraising goal. And the dancing goal was to reignite a spark 
that I knew was there from when I used to do ballroom yep. as a teenager. That definitely um, came across. Thank you, thank you. And I thought it would just be a bit unusual. Apparently there hasn't been ballroom on, on the um, really? performance before. Yeah. So um, I thought, oh, well, I'll do something a bit different. I wanted to start with ballroom and then get into something a bit more kind of uh, just dance. Um, the third was the theme of the dancing was all around uh, Robbie Williams. Okay. Um, who, if anyone knows me, knows I'm a little bit of a diehard fan. And do you mention? Yeah, so certainly for fundraising, um, and I think in total I raised about forty six, forty seven thousand um, oh. myself, and yeah, we all each CEO has a goal of at least like thirty thousand dollars. And I thought that we could certainly get close to the $50,000. Uh, I am kind of a bit miffed that I didn't reach that $50,000. Uh, that would have been nice. Um, so, yeah, we sort of thought <clears throat> from event point of view, <clears throat> we could uh, run a couple of events, big events that we could get, uh, uh, you know, a sizable kind of amount from those events. Um, and my good friend, Claire Eaves, who nominated me for Dancing CEOs, who was also a lawyer, she kind of took over the fundraising part and really led that for me. And that enabled me to uh, focus on some of the dancing and the dancing part of it, because that's quite a big commitment as well. Yeah, And I sure. knew that I... I have this saying in my life, you know, go big or go home. <laughs> it's saying I have in everything I do. And so I really wanted to be able to give that 100% as well. That definitely came across from your costume and your energy on stage for sure. And you got, I believe, a perfect 10, if I remember correctly. Three tens. Yep, that Absolutely. was excellent. So I got a picture of the three tens. And I have the trophy here in my study that <laughs> How is fun. at the back of all of my Zoom calls, my videos. I have the trophy there. So it's pretty fun. It's definitely something to be proud of. So you said that you had someone help you with the fundraising and you had different events. Would you be able to tell me what some of those events actually were that you um, put on yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, for me, a, a really pivotal part of the fundraising was having someone like Claire who could speak on my behalf. Because I think particularly as Australians, we can be, it's a little bit awkward talking about what you're doing and you're doing this. So please come along and support <laughs> me. I mean, it, it, you, we should be able to do it. But I found what was really great is having someone to position it uh, for me. So Claire would send out, you know, invitations. She would send out um, proposals for sponsorship. And she would say, as you're aware, our wonderful colleague Midja is doing Dancing CEOs. And as you know, Midja is this, this and this. And we're all keen to support her. And we would love your support. And so I felt that that worked really well um, for, for, for just Claire to be able to position that. Mm. Um, and also we ran two big fundraising events. So one we ran ourselves, which was a luau. At uh, that was about 120, 130 people. And we had a very uh, distinct strategy 
to run something and raise at least $20,000 before Christmas because we thought we don't want to leave it to the last minute and we would go into the Christmas break with a big sum of money in the fundraising bank and we would just feel better. (laughs) So we had that goal. We said we need to run something by Christmas. So we did, I think it was mid-November and um, with both events, we were really clear on we wanted corporate sponsorship. Uh, And Claire is certainly part of a number of different um, organisations and and fundraising initiatives here on the Gold Coast in Brisbane. Um, And she she said to me, if we can get corporate sponsorships, then every dollar will go to women's legal services. Mm. So for the Luau, we had a number of great sponsors Um, a number of law firms, we had finance firms, we had the Audi Centre, Gold Coast. So some of those corporate sponsorships put in like uh, $2,000, we had different packages for sponsorship. And those people got to um, speak at the event, they got to put things in the goodie bag, they got to um, have promotional opportunity during the afternoon in front of 120, 130 professionals. Hmm. Um, and so that was great because their money paid for the event. So the ticket sales, which were about maybe $110 a ticket for the luau, all of that was money for women's legal services. Hmm. And we also had raffles. So we got everyone to donate the prizes for the raffles. We acknowledged those people. Um, and I did a very funny video blog a little while ago, and it was also on my podcast about the coconut bra moment. Okay. So at the luau, we were, I think it was about 10 to 4, and we had 10 minutes left, and I wanted to make $20,000 from that event, and we were $4,000 short. 10 minutes to go. I said to Claire, I had bought this little plastic coconut bra from dollars and cents as a bit of a joke because in the lead up I told people I'm going to wear a coconut bra and then I got this coconut bra and said well I can't wear it (laughs) and so I said to Claire Claire I'm going to tell this crowd that if we can raise four thousand dollars in the next 10 minutes I will put on this coconut bra and come out (laughs) what a great motivator and she's like, I don't think you can do it, Mitch. I think, I think this, it's, 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 you know, it's a coconut bra. I said, we can do it. So I went upstairs to the bathroom and I put it on and it was okay. Once we put some lays over the top, it was fine. It was acceptable. And I asked Women's Legal Service, is this going to be okay? And they're like, yep, go for it. So I went out with the microphone and I told people underneath this T-shirt is a coconut bra. <laughs> We raised $4,000 and it just went crazy. Carolee, hand up, $500. You know, Stacey Miller from Cronin, $500. So we raised four grand in about two minutes. Wow. And then, of course, the music went up. I came out of the coconut bra (laughs) and, you know, we, we banned phones or video from that moment and I did a waltz around the hideaway um, and it was just fantastic. So... We raised uh, over $20,000 for that event. Incredible. 
And then for our second major event, um, we thought let's partner with an existing um, event. And uh, we were very lucky with our friends at Future Females. So Future Females Australia uh, is an organisation um, that's run by um, a couple of women here at the Audi Centre on the, on the Gold Coast. And they said, we will help you. In our next event, you will be our charity for the next event. Excellent. Yeah. So we ran that event in around April. We got three magnificent speakers. We got Dinesh Palapana, uh, Queens, Australian Queenslander of the Year a couple of years ago. Uh, we had Anushka Dowling, <clears throat> who does so much work in the domestic violence space uh, and it works at Griffith University. And then we got Bianca Stone from Sunrise, a Sunrise reporter who did a lot of uh, reporting with the Clarks case. Um, and yes, we had a magnificent panel. Again, we got corporate sponsors for that night and we raised over $20,000 for that event as well. That's incredible. What I love about your experience, which I think is quite unique, is how that you took the opportunity to be a part of one event and you turned it into a few events. And not only yep. that, you got other people involved on your journey. And I think that's so important, especially with fundraising. Now, Mandy, did you find that you had a lot of support from family and work colleagues? Yeah, definitely. Um, family have had to be on the journey with me um, because the fundraising side of it more so, you need them. You mm. absolutely need them to support you for the events that you put on, um, for everything, <clears throat> excuse me, it, it, it consumes you every week because you're constantly thinking, how can I get money out of this? Even small things like if we were clearing out the house and normally you'd put stuff out there for free you're like can i make a few dollars out of this yeah. and put it towards the charity um <clears throat> my husband's um a builder and he did a channel of quotes for people and they didn't go ahead and they said oh let me pay you for your time for the quote and he was like oh well you could make a donation oh, to wonderful. it was legal so it literally starts to consume you because yeah. you look for every opportunity to add a dollar to you yeah. to your tally it's incredible. Um, yeah, so it certainly changes your thinking for a while. So my family was super supportive, as well as um, the commitment to the dancing as well, and mm. making them watch your videos every week. <laughs> sure. <laughs> to they see, can how see you on the journey as you improve. Exactly. Actually, a fun fact: I ended up sitting behind all your work colleagues, oh, and right. they were really very supportive and cheering you on um, with the Union Jack flags. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't quite see those, but they were all like, "Oh my goodness, it's Maddie's turn!" Yes, which was right, really, really right, sweet right. to see. They were very supportive of you. Yeah. Of you. So, Midja. So, moving yeah. back to the actual night, your costume was gold, and I remember it was quite an interesting shape as well. It really stood out. I was on the mezzanine, and I could see it all the way back there. So, what motivated that actual costume design choice? Uh, so, certainly, I wanted something uh, that would be memorable, <laughs> as you said. Um, and certainly my choreographer, Anna, she was, uh, she was like, like do something like structurally that stands out on stage. And, you know, certainly I've done a little bit of stage work as well. 
And I know that my usual attire, which anyone who knows me knows I always wear black. <laughs> it's a black T-shirt every day. It's jeans or a black pair of leather pants and a black jacket every day of the year, right? I don't really wear anything but black. Maybe occasionally a white or a grey, but that's it. There's no colour in my wardrobe at all. And, uh, and Adam was like, no, 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 this is not the time. This is time to really let's get the lights shining. So um, I found this shop in Sydney. I was down there for a good friend's uh, wedding. And there's a shop in Chapel Street called the House of Priscilla, which okay. does all of the Mardi Gras costumes. Ooh, fabulous. Yes, so that's where I bought that costume from. I feel every day, you know, when I wear, you know, my, my black T-shirt and my black jacket, I feel like I'm putting kind of my costume, yeah. if you like, for, for the day for me because I feel really confident and comfortable in that. Um, but certainly from a stage performance, when I put that costume on for a stage, um, I was like, man, I feel like someone different. Like, I feel like... <laughs> Yeah, sure. like I got this. It was a different energy about it's a, putting that on. It's a transformation. And what I Absolutely. think, once again, is really cool about your experience is it seemed to have consumed you, like the fact that you were in Sydney to, for a friend, but even then it was on your mind. How many months did you have to actually prepare the performance? Mm -hmm. um, can you walk me through the process with your choreographer and getting all the dancers involved as well? Yeah, sure. So um, the main sponsor for Dancing CEOs is Mad Dance House in the yep. city, and they're the ones that um, recruit, if you will, the, the dancers and the choreographers that work with us. So what happens is when you sign up, and it's, this goes back to November, so we launch the whole um, concept in October, and everyone meets each other in October at the launch event, and that's when we meet the Mad Dance crew. Okay. Um, where there's a function. And then in the November, we had um, individual meetings with the creative uh, director at Mad Dance, um, a wonderful guy called Che. And Che meets with each of the individual CEOs and just uncovers whether there's any dance experience there. <laughs> um, or are you inspired by any particular music? And I remember that meeting vividly. And he said, um, what we intend to do is obviously, if you do have dance experience, we'll absolutely spotlight it. Mm. But if you don't have dance experience, there'll be fireworks, there'll be costume <laughs> changes, there'll be lots of like razzle-dazzle on yeah. stage in order to help you along your journey. And if sure. you just come on and strut your stuff, that's absolutely fine. So he's very uh, inclusive around whether you have or haven't got experience. So um, back in November, we, we all chose our kind of themes, if you will. And from there, we get paired up with our choreographer which I got Michael um, and he obviously has done that because Michael's probably done some partner work and some ballroom work before etc and then it's up to you to start your uh, rehearsals when you feel fit um, I started mine in the January right. and went every couple of weeks um, I did 10 in total with with Michael it's a big um, commitment yeah but I could have done 20. Like, I, I could have just kept going because they were so fun. Yeah. Um, but I did about 10 with him, and a couple of those were with the rest of the dancers that you saw on stage. Yeah, excellent, because they all formed together to create the story that you're trying yeah. to tell. But you only meet them a couple of times, so that's right near the end. 
Yeah, that must have been excited. It's exciting that it felt like it's all coming together and it's real and it's fast approaching. Absolutely. And they're adorable too. Like, and, <laughs> they're, and they're, they're really encouraging. I can't say enough about that. They were all so... You were the star. And mm. they were just encouraging you along the way. It was great. Oh, that's brilliant. Mm. And at the end of the day, people just want to be entertained. They don't yes. care how technical you are. They just want to see you have fun and see all the fabulous costumes yep. and the smiling face. Yeah. Which is really excellent. Thank you very much for your time today, Mandy and Midget. It was wonderful to hear about your experiences raising money and performing at Dancing CEOs. I certainly enjoyed it. Thank you very much for tuning into this episode of The Daily Red. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did creating it. And please go give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Bye.